What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 19 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. Now, guys, I fucked up. What'd you do? Last week was episode 18. Yeah. This show's legal, and I didn't even make it. Ah, the pure one it's didn't so even upsetting. do it. It's so upsetting. Yeah, Kevin, maybe Kevin brought it up, up to me. Do you think maybe you're growing up? Definitely not that. You growing up a little? It's, no. Well, now, the thing is, now this is 19, so now this is a whole new thing. 19's when it really starts to get good, you know? No? Mm-hmm. Okay. The coolest dudes in video games are joining me today, Colin Moriarty and Greg Miller. Yes, if you got the other Patreon-exclusive episode of the Game Over Greggy show, Colin is still trying to clean his glasses. Yeah. <laughs> There's some real Can't issues happening here. <laughs> now, Colin, you know that oil and water don't mix. I heard that. Yeah, you know what happens I've to heard a toad that. when it gets struck by lightning? Mm-hmm. Same thing as everybody else. Shit happens, you know. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do not know the Kind of Funny Games cast, it's our video game show. And you can get it over on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. But if you want it early... Oh, yeah. You can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, pay a dollar, and you get it early. That's not right. No. Yeah, no that, I was no, almost no, right. I was almost, almost right. good about were, stuff. The dollar Man, gets you the exclusive episode dollar gets every the month. Exclusive one. That's going to be a good one this month. I can tell you that. Oh, right. Can we, we can't, we're, I can't tell who it we is. We can't tell you, but it's, gonna be, it's definitely going to be worth the dollar. It's definitely going to be worth the dollar. Wait, was it? I thought we weren't putting that up as an exclusive. We're right there. We're talking about the same thing, but I thought we were just putting it up as a special one-off. You know what? They're going to love everything. Regardless of what happens in the exclusive episode, you're going to shit your pants and yeah. call your mom. It's going to be damn good. It's going to be damn good. And also, exclusive episode is going to be good. Yeah. For sure. But if you want to get the show early, you can go over to Patreon. $5 will get you the audio. $10 will get you the video. Uh-huh. And let me tell you, that's what you're going to want to do. Okay. Because it's damn good looking at these faces. Yeah. Or you can just wait, and you'll get it for free the next week. After it's broken up topic by topic on YouTube.com slash games. On that Friday, you get the full episode, and you get the MP3 on iTunes and all those other podcast services. I'm gonna get this one day. You're, I'm no, get that it. was good. It was Last good, week's was but good. I fucked up just the, with the dollar thing. But I, I tell you, one guys, one day it's just gonna be fucking. Here's what I want to talk about. La- again, not to keep making references. Maybe you only listen to the kind of funny games cast, and that's fine. But if you listen to the Game Over Greggy show, you heard Colin mm-hmm. g- giving Kevin over there the old. He's the opposite of a ballerina mm-hmm. rigmarole. Yes, but Kevin does these things to stay out of frame sometimes, where he's like he was pressed up against the wall a second ago, like slithering solid over there. Snake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's just like he do, he tries like a broke down solid. Yeah, my, like, can you imagine that? Just a short of Kevin as solid. Sure, snake. <laughs> I can see it. I can see the eye patch and the, the, the not so solid bandana. Snake. Yeah, but the thing about it is, and I'm talking about Metal Gear Four with the eye patch. Come on, don't try to throw it in my face. Is that it's weird that in these instances where he he's trying to be quiet and trying not to ruin the show, he doesn't do the stumble thing. Mm-hmm. But when it's just we're setting up a let's play and nothing's happening, that's when he's always 3 seconds away from destroying everything in the house. I feel yeah. like Kevin for, you know, Kevin doesn't move quickly, but he moves at a normal speed, but I feel like the in the directions in which he falls and stumbles indicates that he has incredible inertia. Like like <laughs> Kevin has a body that's always in movement. You know like, what I mean? And in, in, in some weird dude, way. Don't forget he did beat Sean Finnegan in a foot race at IGN before we left. So yeah, something about that's yeah, true. That happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but one of my favorite things about Kevin, and yes, we're going down this rabbit hole, is that he always needs to be in his mind as efficient as possible, even if it's not efficient for everyone else in the room. Right. So it's like he will always need to make sure that if his laptop somewhere, that his freaking power cord needs to be wrapped around the the foot of every. All four feet of the table yeah, to yeah. make sure that it like perfectly gets to where he's sitting, <sighs> so that it doesn't get in his way. But it's literally like on my lap, and I'm like, "Why? Why yeah. are you doing this, Kevin?" Yeah. And then, without fail, he'll trip on it, and it'll pull the headphones. It'll pull everything. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, but he always takes his headphones and he like puts them on the side of the table, and it's just like, Kevin, don't do that because 
you fucking knock him over. Well, that's what day. I'm saying. That this is Kevin. Kevin's normal state. It appears. You know, I don't presume to know Kevin like you know Kevin. I've known Kevin just for a short time, but it always seems like his normal state is in a state. He, this is what I was talking about with inertia. Like his normal state is just that in which he is always stumbling. Mm-hmm. That's the way the the world had made sure, him, and the, sure. and the universe finds him. Yes. In, in every single day. And I can understand that. Not everyone can be as graceful as me. I think you need to reintroduce this show. This is the first episode, the only episode of the Kind of Funny Kevin cast. Oh, oh my God. That'll happen. Okay. Uh, Anthony Carboni is going to make that. Oh, right. right yeah. Right, right. He's just, it's going to be a weekly show of him talking about Kevin. All right. Guess Kevin, I mean, Kevin's got a lot of skills and, you know, upside. You know, like, it's, it's, you know, it reminds me, you know, not everyone can be nimble. Mm. Like, like a cat. Yeah, no. You know, I'm a nimble like a cat. And Cheryl, and Cheryl always tells me, she, you know, she likes to throw my pillow off the bed or at me, and I often catch it. Yeah. Like, and, 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 and then she's like, oh, you're very proud of yourself for how quick you are. And I'm like, yeah. yes. See, I'm quick. I'm quick like that. But I don't have the technical skills that mm-hmm. Kevin has. See, so there's a little bit of a difference there. A little bit different. That's why we're... Kevin this. can use a soundboard, he can use a camera, but he falls a lot. <laughs> I can catch things in the air using my goaltending prowess, but you wouldn't find me editing a video. True. Mm-hmm. You understand? Kevin, yeah. you get it. I think I get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So there's a lot of things have been happening in video games recently. Yeah. And this last week, you know, we got some teases a little bit last month for this, but it finally happened. We got the spiritual successor to Banjo-Kazooie. Oh, yes. Thank God. You might, you might have heard about this. It's called Ukulele. Mm. Uh, it had a little uh, Kickstarter go up, and uh, it's breaking all types of records and stuff. Fastest. Um, funded game ever it got a million and six hours. Suck it, Tim Shaver. Was, was a million pounds crazy. or a million dollars? Was million it? dollars. Million dollars. Yeah. So like seven hundred fifty thousand, seven hundred thousand pounds. Yeah, and so Probably. it's a it's a pretty big pretty big deal, and it's you know it's kind of made up by former rare employees and stuff. They got it's a kind of the dream team of people that you'd want to be making a Banjo Kazooie, Banjo Tooie spiritual sequel yeah you know and it has the like the the guy doing the music the guy that did the music from the donkey kong country series david wise which is fucking awesome music and that's so perfect and all this and people are very excited about this we got to see some like very early gameplay footage of it we can see the characters the logo treatment and all this stuff and it's they're nailing it everything about it is perfect killing it mm-hmm. killing it my question to you guys do you care about this game specifically also do you care about 3D platformers? Do you think that they have a place in 2015 to be coming out? Is this a unique thing? And is this just a nice little, like, is this the future of retro revivals? Like, we've seen a lot of the 8-bit. We've seen a lot of the 16-bit. They were talking that there's going to be a 64-bit mode in this. Oh, really? Yeah. So where it, like, you know, dumbs it down and stuff. And I think that's cool. But does this matter? So to take it the first, do I care about this game? Now, I'm, and I'm being very honest, so don't throw my face. No. Might I down the road? Maybe I. I we did. The, we talked about the Kickstarter and Colin and Greg live. We went and did the thing. It didn't. I think they're cute characters or whatever. But I was never a banjo fan. Like banjo kazooie never spoke to me. So I'm really not like. Oh, this is what I've been craving. But I'm trying not to hold my just never caring. You know, my unabashed uncaring of banjo kazooie against this game. Because if they were to say. Not Naughty Dog or whatever, but if somebody was to make another Jack and Daxter, right? Like I'd be, oh, I'd be interested in playing that if it was more like Precursor's Legacy or whatever. I'm mm-hmm. talking about, you know, third person yeah. adventure. You know what I mean? And so, I'm gonna keep an eye on this one, but at, from the jump, no, I'm not super into it. I'm not super excited. Like it's not doing anything for me. When when uh, Nuts and Bolts came out, and everyone at IGN tried to convince himself that was a great game, I was like, oh, this isn't. I don't like this. What are you talking about, Brudvig? You know what I mean? Like that wasn't a thing for me. And it's just not a franchise that speaks to me. So I don't want to hold it against this. But, like, 
is the the era of these games over or whatever? Like it's been gone a while. I feel mm-hmm. like you haven't seen anybody come out and really commit to this in a long time. That's interesting. I'm interested to see what happens in this genre. I mean, what was the the last one? I think like Ratchet and Clank probably, and like that whole thing where there's like the Ratchet and uh, um, Sly Cooper and yeah, Sly Four yeah, might Sly be the, Sly, Sly yeah. Four might be the last one. Yeah, mm-hmm. of real like AAA consequence. Yeah, I mean, of course, there's Mario. But yeah, that's different. well, but there hasn't been a Mario 3D platformer since Galaxy 2. And that I mean, was that was 2000. There has. I mean, the 3D world. And that's not really land, a 3D. But there's still game. there's still 3D platformers. Though. Yeah, that's still like a 2.5D kind of like to me. I mean, not literally 2.5D, but that's like kind of a half step. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it is still a 3D platformer. Sure. Sure. But not in the way we're thinking of this with open worlds. Like, the camera yeah, these are more stuff. like run up to that tree. Yeah. Collect it with your tail. Really? Yep, collect yeah, the thumbs. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. About. Whenever when I, I think 3D platforms, games, I think of running up to trees. Run up and hit yeah, the that. fucking tree. That, mm-hmm. you 3D platformer, that's part of it. Uh, you think you're going to hit a tree in this game, Colin? Guarantee you will. Probably, probably hit a tree in this game. Now, do I care about this game? No, not at all. Um, but uh, that comes from someone who... I didn't care about Banjo-Kazooie when it came out either. So it was like... I was just in a different space in gaming in that time. So I don't have the love of that era of rare games that other people do. And I appreciate that people, you know, and that's not necessarily, I like 007 and stuff, but, you know, there's, that portion of Rare's history is something that people very fondly remember. I remember more of, like, the Donkey Kong Country era and stuff like that. It was something a little bit before where, like, that was their, their stride. They hit their stride. The, a few things hit me with this. First of all, the name Ukulele is awful. I know that some people, I know that some <laughs> people like that name, and, and, and they, I know it was Project Ukulele, like, with the U, um, like, the instrument. I think that name is awful. Like, I, I just I have to I have to say that like it's it's interesting and I might be in the minority on that because I have not seen many people say that but I hate that name really I, yeah, I think it's awesome it. I, I think it. it's so perfect for what this is for what it is it totally and what it looks like it all sounds very cutie and syrupy like I think it, it fits fine yeah yeah it might fit I just like when I heard that I was like I look I look at it I look at it and I'm like oh you know like yeah but that doesn't really matter games have bad names all the time and or, and that's a totally an opinion based thing anyway are 3D platformers dead or do they belong anymore? Of course they belong. They have a place. I think that it would be hypocritical of me to say, as someone who doesn't really care much for the genre anymore, and really never did care much for the genre, that um, I love Mighty Number no. 9 or something like that, and that has a place, but that does, like this does, that's very silly. I mean, I think this is actually going to have, from the Kickstarter alone, obvious as the day, as long as this is going to be a much bigger deal than something like Mighty Number no. 9. So... Um, so it'd be hypocritical of me to say like, well, I want all these 2D Shovel Knight like platformers, and I want uh, my Japanese role playing games from Isometric View and all this kind of stuff. But I don't want, you know, I don't mm-hmm. think this play. That, that's stupid. That said, I think the 3D platform is of a place in time. I think that like 3D platformers proliferated in the mid to late 90s because that was the most natural way we were going to explore the polygonal world that we were given for the very first time. So that made the most sense. And until we figured out that shooters and everything else can basically do the same thing, this is the what what we did. We made cartoony, yeah, blocky fucking platformers that people like ate up and loved whether it was Mario 64 or whether it was Banjo-Kazooie or whatever it was mm-hmm. and I wonder then what's different because I feel like you and I came of age in that time when the, I, mean, I always talk about the blockbuster game pass when I'd go there and just rent game after game and there were so many of these and I feel like that's why I'm satiated I don't need another one of these like you know what I mean I'm not craving this because it's coming or it's come and gone already for me and even Ratchet and Clank right where I'm like a crack in time is probably the best ratchet game ever and yep. i couldn't even fucking get through it because i was so sick of ratchet and clank not even the genre just the fact that there were so many ratchet and clank games yeah. you know what i mean so i'm just done personally and i wonder where we get into the people like i know i know marty over at ign has he's been wanting this he loves these kind of games this is what he's into you know what i mean he's super stoked that it's back and it's just that interesting thing like you can never say why somebody likes something and the other but this mm-hmm. is something that like 
I liked these kind of games. I enjoyed these kind of games, but I closed the book and pushed it away, whereas other people are still craving. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's me. Like, I, 3D platformers are that's my genre. You won't I buy a you won't that. buy a Vita until Crash is on there. Crash I mean, that's that's one of my things, you PS1. know. And it's just like I, I love that so much in 2D platformers as well. But like 3D platformers, I mean, that was growing up in the the 90s as like a kid like, around 10 years old. That's perfect. You know what I mean? There was so many, um, whether it was banjo or like. Uh, Rocket robot on wheels, or like that was Sucker Punch's first game. There, there's so much weird shit like that. You just that everyone has like Gex, you know, yeah. Spyro, Crash, like Mario, all these things that you just played, and they're so good and so amazing. And like Rayman uh, too, and it's like we haven't seen that for Bubsy a while. 3D, yeah, all the <laughs> arguably the worst game ever. But but there's so many so many games. But like oh, for me. I think one of my greatest regrets when it comes to gaming is I never played Banjo ever. Mm, mm. Either one of them. And it's like, that's crazy to me. And it's like blasphemy because like for the type of games I like, everyone's like, you, Tim, you would love these things. Yeah. And I just never did. And I was waiting for HD releases and nothing ever happened. But I want it. And I, I, but I remember I rented it one time from Blockbuster and I was turned off to it. And the reason for that You hate was, dog bears. No, it's the... Um, the collectathony stuff, like I, I wasn't into that. Like I liked the Mario for the the obstacle stuff and for the platforming. Crash is kind of the same way. Like Crash, in a lot of ways, is more like Mario than Mario sixty four is. It's more like Mario Bros. Than Mario sixty four is, where it's just get to the end of the level. Sure, there's obstacles, get there. Uh, Mario sixty four was kind of like starting the whole collectathon thing, but then Banjo just fucking was like, go. There's a million things to collect in Donkey Kong sixty four, which I also Donkey Kong Country one and two. Two specifically, some of my favorite games ever. Three, good. Yeah. Um, but then Donkey Kong 64 came out, and like a lot of people have fond memories of that game. I hated that game because it was just all it was was collecting things for no fucking reason. Well, I mean, I think that this, from what I've read about ukulele, like, and the, one of the selling points of the game is that it is a collectathon. Well, so, so what's, but what's interesting to me about it is uh, I read their Kickstarter. They even say they're like, yeah, the um, we we have the guy working on our team that made all the collecting collectathon stuff in Donkey Kong 64. We've had a stern talking to with him and everything in this game now has a reason of why you're collecting it. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's something that I like. Just oh, collect all these things like a big problem I had with like Mario 64 was like the the blue coins that you had to get. Oh, I love that. That's fucking horrible. There's just no reason for a, a lot of it. It's just like they're just there. Peach it's just an them. extra challenge. That's all. Yeah, no, Peach I, needed I, them to do laundry. She, yeah, they don't have in-suite laundry at the Mushroom Kingdom, so I didn't know if you knew that mm. about that. Nah. It's yeah. very old, like pipes, and it's all... It's, it's, it's a whole rigmarole. Um, but That's how Mario Star- Sunshine ties together with it. But Ratchet and Clank is one of those series that I, I love, and I agree with you. It's just like, there's just too many of them. Yeah. I luckily kind of got into it in the right way, where I played the first one, didn't play any of the others on PS2, and then came into the uh, PS3 sure. version. So it's like, I didn't get overwhelmed by sure, them. Sure, sure, so sure. So I still think of it fondly, and I still want more of it, because I didn't get beat over the head with it right um but i liked those games because it also kind of had the like it wasn't so much a collectathon as what much as it was a platformer and actiony shootery things so sure. that, that was fun that was that the extra layer there i'm interested by this because i i feel like it's a passion thing so it's being made to be a very good collectathon like i feel like there will be a lot of thought put into the things you're collecting and why you're collecting them and how you're collecting them and all of that and it just excites me to see a 3D platformer being built from the ground up for next gen. Like, n- not Nintendo, though. Because Nintendo's always going to do their thing. But, like, for PS4 and Xbox One. And I think that I, like, I'm 
I'm going to play this game. Like, I know that. And, like, yeah, it looks like Super Kitty and stuff. I love it. I think they're nailing it. I love the name. I love the logo. I love the character designs. The It's just, it's, this is what I envisioned this game being. Yeah. And even without having played Banjo-Kazooie and uh, Banjo-Tooie, like, I think this is going to be good. I'm shocked that you're so excited about it having not played Banjo because Banjo is a really well-remembered game, I think, for good reason, again, from the kind of golden era of what Rare was doing with 64 when they were still kind of in the fold. There's a lot of reasons, though, that this game is exciting or interesting beyond, like, the continuation of the Banjo-Kazooie kind of legacy because, A, the look and feel... I don't want to say the feel because we don't know what the game feels like. The, the look of the game, the logo and all this, it has the dare, I dare you to fucking sue me kind of exactly. look. Which, which is, yeah, which is yeah, one yeah. of those things that I really like because it reminds me a lot of Mighty Number no. 9 where it's like, you're not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to give them what they want, so I'm going to do it. And... Just like Inafune is the guy to do that with a Mega Man clone, these guys are the guys that do that with with a Banjo clone, so they're going to do it. The other exciting thing is that a lot of these guys peeled off of Rare a long time ago. So, you know, Rare has been owned by um, Microsoft and has been ruined by Microsoft for quite a while now. Um, But if you look at these guys' credentials, like, these are the guys that worked on, like, the deep cut. And I don't want to say deep cuts in terms of, like, their obscure games, but the deep cuts in terms of, like how long ago some of these guys were working on Rare games, whether they're Donkey Kong Country, which started in like 94, 95, or whether you're talking about the N64 games, which concluded in 2000. So mm. these guys have been peeled away from that era and those kinds of games, some of them for a long time. Yeah, and Some of them, though, going all the way up to the like some of the last good Rare games, like Viva Pinata, which right. people love. Yeah, and that was... Viva Pinata was, uh, I would say... M- people do love that game, and, and for good reason, maybe the last thing Rare did that anyone cared about. Yep. And that was a long time ago. That was almost 10 years ago, which is unbelievable. Yeah, it is. Um, But, you know, what's exciting is that these guys are going to get back to their roots and this, the the platonic, whatever they're called, like this, this is going to be their first game. And, and they've worked together in the past. It's not like a hodgepodge of, you know, you're going to find your talent, you're raising your money. It's like a kind of a proof of concept. Like these guys are going to work with each other. And I, and, and just like they did in the past. And I think that. There's great reason to be excited about finding that again. That's I hate using this term because it's so corporate, but the synergistic kind of like relationship that they all have had with each other, making AAA core games that have sold millions of copies. So it's not an unproven team. These guys are like it's like going back like for one last hurrah for some of these guys probably. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna play it and I'm interested in it because I'm interested to see how it captures the essence of those old games. And I like playing new games that feel old. I mean that's why I like Shovel Knight. So that's yeah. uh, like that is the reason why I like Shovel Knight. So. Because uh, it feels like it came from 1990, and mm. I'm sure that ukulele is going to feel like it came from 1999 or And that's so cool. I think that's what's I'm most excited about for this is the fact that like I never really kind of imagined that we'd get a uh, 3D like that generation game, you know, from like PS1 to PS2 era like type of game, and that's so fucking awesome that we're we're gonna start seeing retro games based on the next generation of kids growing up playing games. Yeah, and, and it's it makes me feel old. You know that this is that banjo is a retro game. I remember when banjo came out, clear as day. I was like in eleventh yeah. grade. Mm-hmm. It's like not that old, but like, the, but that is the that is the retro that is retro now for a lot of people and a lot of people that kind of look fondly back on that. And it is when you think about it, the natural evolution. I don't think that we would have seen the pixel based like kind of sprite based things that we've been seeing where the where, where natural because that shit's awesome. But like this shit can be awesome too, and so it makes a lot of sense to. Um, to have that evolution, especially with a lot of the things from that era not having held up in an aesthetic way very well. Like, um, everything that inspires Mighty Number no. 9 or Shovel Knight still holds up. And I don't think you can really stay the same about some of the games from the 3D platform era when everything was polygonal and it was fucking ugly as hell. And people were still really figuring out how to do things because by the time we got to the 8-bit era, people forget that we had already dealt with other consoles or mm-hmm. developers that dealt with other consoles and figured out a lot of these problems. And so... 
that is the natural evolution. This was like these 3D platformers were shown like their rare, their raw state. And as I wrote in the history of Naughty Dog on uh, that I wrote for IGN, like what was so funny is that no one even knew what to do with those games. Like in in isolation, Sega, Nintendo, and Sony all came up with totally different solutions to the same problem. Well, and that's what Sega you got. didn't come up with a solution. Well, they had Knight, uh, Knights was one solution, no. and then and then what Knights was kind of you know its own kind of track based more linear but open game and then Mario was like a completely open game that lacked textures because they didn't have the room and then Crash was a textural heavy game that was linear Mm -hmm. those were their solutions and that was like what was so fascinating they had no idea no one knew what the other hand was doing Mm -hmm. and so this won yeah and uh, clearly Um, and so I'm excited about it I'm also interested in what it means for Kickstarter because um, it seemed like Kickstarter's been waning uh, quite a bit in terms of games. I mean, games have not been getting funded in, in, in at the same clip as they were when Double Fine was using them. These guys fucking murdered it. It wasn't even like this game came and got funded. These guys are going to get millions of dollars more than they, I mean, they asked got a for. million in six hours. And, like, that's crazy. Like, I think one of the... And I might be wrong about some of this, but I think the the most funded thing was the Veronica Mars movie. And that got a million in four hours. And that's crazy. Like, that's not that far off. Yeah. Like, I would have never thought Well, we, how many people have been waiting for this forever? You know what I mean? Forever people have been waiting for a spiritual successor, if not just another banjo, right? Yeah. So to have that kind of power and oomph behind what you're doing, have these people who are behind the games come out and do it, it's interesting. It is. I'm, I'm still surprised, though. I know there's a lot, but I didn't know there was that much. Yeah. You know, like, it does surprise me that, I mean, like, you know, something like Mighty Number no. 9, like Mega Man, Banjo-Kazooie. I wouldn't necessarily say Banjo's the bigger game. You know what I mean? It's or the like, more relevant game, though. It's funny how we've seen this evolution in terms of, like, Mighty is a good example where, you know, Mighty Number no. 9 got a substantial amount of money. And it took time, but they did it, and Inafuni did his thing. But this was funded more by people like my age or Greg's age that grew up with these games. And now the people that grew up with Banjo in their formidable years have money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they're going to fund this game. You know, that's the funny thing is that they don't have to go ask their parents anymore. This is like... I'll, I'm gonna make this fucking happen and as my own opinions on um, crowdfunding have kind of ebbed and flowed over time I mean this isn't a game that I think couldn't have been published because I think there are probably publishers that are that are interested in this game maybe before they release it maybe they didn't even try to get a publisher I wonder if this game will get a publisher which will piss me the fuck off if they do because um, they don't need it uh, but this is a game that could have solicited some interest, but they didn't need to do it because the crowd was even mm-hmm. more excited and it's more beneficial to them. The funny thing is that this game is probably a really a long ways off, but yeah. um, you know, I'm interested to see how this does it. I'm interested to see like what kind of momentum this can, can create for other Kickstarters that might be coming out um, in the near future for similar crash. kinds of games. A crash. crash. I want I want Crash 4. Well, they're going to have to get yeah. the permission to use that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure Activision is going to make a Crash game at some point. At some point. Um, it's gonna come. And it's gonna be terrible, Tim. So that's the that's what you can hang. Oh, your head I know, on. I know. All right, that's he's a, just gonna be a Skylander. This is a, this is a really good segue into topic two, which is today. This is a little outdated for you listening, but Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Five officially announced. Uh huh. I am super excited. You've been waiting for this game forever. Forever, too. man. Tony Hawk, specifically the Pro State Pro Pro Skater. Oh my God, Pro Skater series. My fucking jam. Yeah, I love it so much. I loved it Thug. all the way. All the way through, the, the all the way even to American Wasteland, I would Whoa, say. Whoa, that's were a good. deep cut. You're getting yeah. deep out there. But, like, pro skaters were definitely the best ones to me, and I love them. One, two, three, and four. So good. Waiting for five. I even like the HD, like, remake, reboot collection thing, thing yeah, that yeah. they did a couple years ago on PS3 and 360. Finally announced five, and I'm reading through the article today, and I'm fucking stoked, and I start seeing the screens. I'm like, hmm. 
this looks just like the HD. If you told me this well, remember was the it's HD got to run on PS3 thing, and 360. They're doing that and then, shit. Well, then I start reading and I'm like, oh, oh, it's coming out on PS4 and Xbox One and then later on PS3 and 360. That's great. Oh, there's projectiles in submissions that you shoot out of your skateboard. Why? Are you sure now? Because we read it on Connor Greg Live. Are they, maybe you're throwing something. Whatever. That was in Thug 2 and it was stupid. It was Thug Two, Thug Thug, and Thug Two were great games. So, let's not get ahead of no, Thug was great. Yeah, Thug One was great. Thug Two was a product of the era. Like it was like, what's great? Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. What's also great? Jackass. Let's put them together because there's some overlap. Ben Margera. Yeah, but it was good. He's though. right at the center of that Vim diagram. I, I mean, I people hate on Thug Two, and I, I don't think it's fully just okay but uh, I mean, it's definitely not as good as the other ones. All right, but anyways, projectiles out of your board. But you're shooting these goddamn projectiles, and like. That sucks, man. It's like, how do you start this sentence saying, it's Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. It's going back to the first four. Oh, here's all this fucking bullshit that no one wants. Like, yeah. There's no one out there that's like, I wish. I wish my skateboard could shoot things right now. Maybe there is, but like, not in this game. Definitely not, not in this, this game. game. God damn it. So my, my question to you guys here. is, what are features or what are things in games that you like that suck? Games you like with features that suck. Yes. There you go. Nailed like, it. Good job, yes, Colin. Yes, yes, yes. Immediate thing that jumps to mind is Uncharted 1, when the only way to throw grenades was by using the 6-axis, mm. and you're like, fuck you. Fuck you, Sony. Why would you make anyone put this in their game? You know what I mean? Granted, 2 and 3 got rid of that. Mm-hmm. Too sweet. But it's like trip typical PlayStation stuff where they're like, we have this crazy new thing that has to be used, so put it in your game and make it be used. Yeah. That's I like, mean, in, for my example, for something like that is Donkey Kong Country Returns on the Wii. I was so excited for it. And it's like, you can't mess this game up. This is going to be great. And it was a great game, except for the fact that Donkey Kong has not many buttons necessary. You fucking move with the D-pad, you jump, and then you roll. But instead of making the roll a button, you had to shake the damn thing. And it's just like that fundamentally changed the flow of the game. It was fine. It was still fun. It was still good. But it's like, why would you need to do that? It's also imprecise. That's the problem. Yeah. With controls. Yeah. Twilight Princess is the the game I think about mm-hmm. with that. Like, I wanted to murder someone when I played Twilight Princess for the first time because I couldn't get it on GameCube. I couldn't find it anywhere. I've told the story in the past about how I was a senior in college. I went to the store. I had no money. I couldn't afford a Wii. I went and I'm like, uh, you know, I got my freelance check. I was like, do you guys have a Wii? And the guy was like, I have one. And I was like... You know, like, like, uh, and then so I had to wait, like, until the summer of 2007 to play Twilight Princess because the fucking GameCube version was, like, nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Fucking infuriating. I, I remember being so mad. Like, seem, you know, that you still seem pretty pissed about it. I, I, <laughs> I was because I think that I was largely, sa- not largely because I think Twilight Princess isn't a very good game, but the, the, I was soured on Twilight Princess having to play it on Wii with those goddamn controls. I was like, this is an abomination. I can't believe I'm fucking playing this game like this. You know, like, why can't I just plug in a goddamn GameCube controller and play the game? You know, like, that was like just a. What, I was like, oh, this waggle shit is driving me nuts. But it did. It worked sometimes. I thought it worked fine in Mario Galaxy, for instance. The waggle yeah. did not bother me. Mario yeah, Galaxy. me neither. Um, I, I couldn't stand it. Mario really? Galaxy yeah. felt shockingly good to me, like considering how un like unorthodox that whole control style is of having the nut, like the nunchuck. Just Mario Galaxy was yeah for me was I was sitting there I'm like this is so beautiful and cool I hate I have trouble with the perspective they're putting me in I'm missing jumps I shouldn't miss and why can't I use a fucking controller. But, uh, but features I think about, I mean, my, my beloved Resistance franchise has, you know, like the, the whole thing with the Resistance games that, that makes them special, other than I think their story, which I think is awesome, is um, the secondary of effects of all the weapons and how, like, 
you know, like the bullseye, for instance, like you can tag an enemy. Advanced Warfare totally ripped it off. Like you can, you can like completely fucking ripped it off. And that's one of the things I asked him when we were on the show. I'm like, you know, did you get inspiration from other things? Because this is clearly the bullseye from Resistance. Uh, is you tag an enemy and then they just go behind cover and the bullets like follow them. You know, like that was one of those cool things. But that always felt that kind of thing always felt tacked tacked on. Where I'm like, I just want to play a shooter. Yep. You know, like. I don't need all this stuff I'm never going to use. I'm using it because I feel like I should be, but I don't mm-hmm. have to. Those are the worst features in any game is like when it's there and you don't have to use it and therefore you don't. Like I don't like those kinds of options. Maybe some people do, but I don't like something where it's like tacked on to be different, but you don't actually need to use it. Making making systems more complicated than they should be to try to inspire you to do something different with it, right? And this is a, a very Greg Miller example of this, but you can apply it to your favorite game, Ghostbusters. And the fact that I was so excited to play Ghostbusters and be have a you know HD Ghostbusters game and be a Ghostbuster, right? And like they like we modeled the proton pack and made it look exact, and then we gave it three different shooting me- mechanisms and features, and it's shooting like blue electric. And it's like, what are you fucking doing? Just give me a proton pack. I want to just be a Ghostbuster. I don't want all this different ass crap. Yeah. I mean, I think my application of that is Pokemon, where it's just like, there's so much shit in these Pokemon games now, where it's like, there's beauty contests, and you dress them up, and you do all and it's like, why? Like, no one wants to do this stuff. Like, this isn't fun. And it's like, now, then they, they if it was all side stuff, whatever. But it's like they found a way to force it into the main story of each game. Yeah. And so you have to get at least one gold medal in the freaking talent contest. Sure. Goddamn Pikachu yeah, that's, needs that's to just sing. A, that's just annoying as hell. I and mean, it's not cool. It's a tale as old as time right now, but forced in multiplayer, right? Like oh. Freedom Wars was a great fucking 30-hour experience by myself or playing with Christine or whatever, but then now there's missions I need three other people for. It's like, where am I going to fucking find three other Vita? I don't want to organize a room and do all this different stuff. Just let me play the game the way I want to play the game. Mm-hmm. Now you're fucked. And I think, you know... We're ragging on games, but there's there's games of well, these are games deep, we like. of deep complexity. But but I'm, I'm saying there are games of deep complexity that nail complexity. The game I think about is Final Fantasy Tactics. That game is fucking crazy deep, insanely deep. You know, for like to the to the nth degree. How you play that game, how you structure your party, how you learn classes, how you buy items and weapons, how your characters die permanently, all these kinds of things. But it all felt like it needed to be there and that's the, that's what makes a game like that a masterpiece when and, and Final Fantasy Tactics is a, definitively a masterpiece is when the game is overflowing with depth another example is Civilization 5 when a game mm-hmm. is so deep where I've played Civ 5 for a fucking insane amount of time I still don't really understand the entire game mm-hmm. like but you know it's all there and it makes sense when you meet someone like we met with Sid Meier or whatever it's like you, this guy just knows what he's doing and it all makes sense, and and and, there, and there's a complexity to it. With something like tactics, I think about our tactics ogre, where it's like deep on a class based system, deep on a grid based system, uh, the turn based systems, the weapons and armor, the magic, the way your characters evolve and and up, level up and stuff like that, and it all makes sense and it all fits. That's the beauty is when a game is so systemically complicated yet it works together like a beautiful like a beautiful like you know play on a stage or something and every every piece is is right in place and nothing feels out of place and every and then and, and that's that's so on the other end of the spectrum is you can have deep complexity with games you like and mm-hmm. and they work but i think simplicity is often king you know we think about mario world for instance on super nintendo is not that different from mario one it just it just it has more stages and you have a few more powers but basically the game's the same they're very familiar if you could see one and the other if you can show colin in 1988 mario world in 1991 you would understand how to play the game yeah um little small iterations are often better like that and i think simplicity is often king and that's why a lot of the games that we love most i think are the simplest you know Mm -hmm. and i don't mean simple in that they're easy i mean simple in that you can understand them and it's the the rigors of playing them that can be difficult yeah not the complexity of the systems you know Nintendo's good at that, generally. Mm-hmm. Nintendo's very good at that. 
There's only yeah. a few games that they don't they don't nail with that, like Fire Emblem. I don't think like, and in, 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 for instance, like that's not a series that resonates with me. I don't think they I don't think they make a good strategy. Well, what's like, interesting? I, I mean, I love Fire Emblem. I love it so much. But what you're saying about tactics tactics just being completely right in every system is necessary. Like with Fire Fire Emblem Awakening, it has the support system where it's like you like team up and stuff, and it's it's great and it's fun and all that stuff. But it's like it's not necessary, and it does feel kind of like here's. More stuff, just to have more stuff. That's the way I felt when I, I mean, Fire Emblem Awakening, I think was the last yep. one. That was the first one I had like really, really, really delved into because my, my big problem with Fire Emblem, um, and it was just from reading about it, I'm not sure how like overstated the issue was, was that there was a linearness to Fire Emblem where like it wasn't, the cool thing about tactics was that you could just play at your own speed kind of. If you're not ready for the next mission, you could just go back and fuck around. And you yeah. really couldn't do that in many Fire Emblem games. Where, well, like, you, Awakening was probably the most... At least the ones I played. It's the, the most open where you can kind of go back, and, and that's why. And that's why it was. So, that's how it was sold to me. With mm-hmm. people, I'm going to get into it, and I was just like, I don't. But even then, it was not legit. No, it was no, no. Still, just like, oh, you can go back and face some random enemies a couple times, right? Like, and so I felt constrained, and that was my problem with with Fire Emblem. Also, I, I, I just that game just didn't resonate with me. I thought I was going to love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, and it just didn't. It just didn't resonate with me. There was something. There was something off about it, but. I want to give Nintendo credit where credit is due, and obviously Nintendo's you know intelligence systems, for instance, or Nintendo's mm-hmm. other developers. There's a lot of they, they understand. Fire Emblem's a bad example of it, but they understand the simplicity mantra um, and how that can create depth. If you get to Star World in Mario World, for instance, there's nothing um, simple about it, mm-hmm. you know. But like, but playing it is simple. Yeah, you know, it's just mastering it isn't simple, or finding all the Yoshi coins isn't simple, even yeah. though you know the tools are all there. You just have to figure it out. Yep. I like those kinds of games, not mm-hmm. games that put in that put in just extraneous shit to make it seem deep, even though it's not. Uh, if I if I only need a machine gun to be to beat a shooter, I'm only going to use the machine gun. Yeah, mm-hmm. no matter how many other you know, different like, guns, yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. perks. Yeah, yeah. So another for me, a feature that I was like, ah, oh, this is so unnecessary. I don't want this. Was Flood in Mario Sunshine, where it's like I just wanted to play Mario. It's like I wanted Mario 64 again. I just want to run around and stuff. But then it's like when you play it though, it's different. Then it's like, oh shit, you were right, Nintendo. You were actually right. This is good. It's not what I wanted. I still want this other Mario, but like you created something awesome with this, and uh, that might be one of the the very rare instances where there was a feature that I was like, no, don't do this, and it ended up being awesome. Well, I think that about Tony Hawk and its freaking projectile mode. Probably not. It's you don't so- know. It sounds it sounds stupid, but I mean, I, I'm you know I'm waiting to see what they're gonna do with this. I'm I'm a huge Tony Hawk fan from way back too. But I only played like the one, two, and three, I guess, and then I just stopped. I'm, like, I'm over. It. And remember, I remember buying that game Thrasher too because it was supposed to be like more realistic. Even though it's a fucking second sucked. Um, but I was really into those skating games for a while. That's like one of the one of the only surviving pictures of me ever playing a game in that era is me playing Tony Hawk on my PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to dig up that picture because it's horrifying. Um, but uh, what's horrifying about it? It's just it's just Colin in tenth grade. Okay, <laughs> so sounds horrifying. Horrifying. Um, so I'm I'm gonna wait and see approach. It sounds dumb, but Tony Hawk was kind of always dumb. It is. I mean, that's the thing. Like Tony Hawk's always been. It's very arcadey. It's very. Let's get a high score. Let's. Can I do that? Oh, I can. How can I? Can I do it better? And like, I love that type of shit. And it's like, oh, hey, Spider Man's a playable character, and like Darth Vader or Darth Maul, or whatever. It's like that's awesome. I love that stuff. Um, Officer Dick and all this shit. But like, getting that again, I I want nothing more than that. Because I'm that type of guy. I just want the experiences I loved, again, with a shiny new coat of paint. But then I look at this coat of paint, and I'm just like, oh, this looks like the same PS3 HD game that I played a couple years ago, and the physics were slightly off. Yeah, yeah. And it's being made by the same guys, the Robomoto. And they're like, we like, had a hit before. We'll make it a hit again. And I was just like, ah. I mean, I'm st- here's my thing. For all the shit that I'm talking, I'm going to play this game. I'm going to 
platinum it for all intents and purposes. You're not gonna platinum it. I might. No. I mean, I, I, I might be wrong about this. You gotta see the, the trophy. The, don't, don't commit until you see the list. But whatever it is, I tried platinuming the HD one just because, like, I really like this stuff. And I like, go? I, I might have done it. I might be wrong. Someone tell me. I probably did it. But anyways, I'm gonna try. Okay, I'm good. I'm glad. I I'm want you. you know. I want you to I'm enjoy this game. I don't want you to get too hung up on the projectiles. We don't know what that means. It could be anything. Maybe it's a Fast and Furious minigame. I don't want that. Shoot Vin Diesel's necklace at Michelle Rodriguez's face. You won me over, Greg. <laughs> Thank All you. right, guys. Topic three comes from at Project Garte. He wants Project to know. Project Garte is online. What are your predictions, and how will the video game industry be like in ten to fifteen years? <laughs> so that's two thousand twenty-five to thirty. Yeah. That's a long ass time. It's just it's you can never. I feel like it's so hard to make those. I mean, is everything's gonna look prettier? Mm-hmm. There will be prettier games for sure. Um, I don't think VR will be a big thing. Like it's I, it's for me an evolution of what we already have. And what does that mean? You know what I mean? Are we to a unified console? Are we to is Steam one over and it's now in TVs and you're playing your games that way? Like is it all mo- t- tablet and mobile based? No way. Well, let's let's first ask a question of what consoles will, will there be i mean uh, the problem is that right before this console generation we were i was saying that i didn't think it had more than this console generation in it and now this console generation is fucking killing it in terms of sales and it's like well even if it turns out next time they sell none there'll still be another generation after that yeah i mean you i don't know like we might in 10 years we might be at the tail end of the ps5 era but i don't know what that looks like you know all i know is this when we started at IGN, Greg and I anyway, the whole thing was, oh man, like no one's going to be playing console games in five years. It's all going to be tablet and phone. Well, guess what? They were wrong. Like, you know, everyone was wrong. And I'm so glad they were wrong because I don't want to play games on a fucking tablet or phone. Yeah. Now, um, it's not to say most people are, if you encounter anyone who plays a game, is playing on a phone or a tablet, but that is not the driving force of a majority of the industry in the sense that uh, there's a few companies that dominate that space and no one else matters. You know, so... Um, for all of your kings or whatever, you have fucking a thousand companies that make no money um, and toil about releasing games on the fucking ecosystem of complete, you know, just full of shit, basically. Um, so it's hard to project in the future, even five years, what the industry will look like because people five years ago were so dead fucking wrong yep. about like where the, where the industry was going. I think part of it might have been a backlash because people were sick of hearing this shit when this is not what they wanted. Not, core gamers do not want this. You know, they do not want to play a game on a phone. And um, so I think in ten or ten years, you might see a, a, an ecosystem that looks a lot like today's with with set top boxes and PCs. With like Greg was saying, prettier games, probably saying playing many of the same genres, maybe evolutions of those genres. Maybe we get some new kind of ideas. But with how wrong the prognosticating about tablet and phone gaming was in terms of it killing what we do now and playing core games my inkling tells me that it'll look more the same than different because yeah. that hasn't really changed mm-hmm. since the mid 80s right like it's not changed at all the systems are just more powerful that's it and the, and the way we play games and download games now and play online that's changed but the whole foundation of holding a controller in front yeah. of a TV I'm not sure that's ever going to change yeah I think uh, you, the big change from right now right well the uh, online will work out of the box I think this will figure out the social features that won't crash a game like Tetris and make it unplayable and all these different things to that that mm-hmm. that point, you know. That'll be good. So, do you think that there will be another PlayStation? A PlayStation 5? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, 1000%. Do you think that there will be another Xbox? Yes. yes. 
do you think that there will be a Nintendo console? Uh, it's called the NX. We already know all about it. I don't think it's going to be a console. Well, 10, 10 to 15 years, though. Well, I think that... Well, that's a different question. Like, I don't... Like, the next... There will be another PlayStation. Sorry, there will be what another I'm asking Xbox. is, will there be a PlayStation in 10 to 15 years? Maybe. I'm not totally convinced it's a Sony product. And with Xbox, I'm not totally convinced it's a Microsoft product. I think I think Xbox spins off from Microsoft soon. Well, what do you uh, think about Sony? PlayStation is just PlayStation. Though. Yeah, but they I think spin, that they spin out. Yeah, I mean, Sony will make figure out other ways to make money. It, it, I don't think that they've gotten the right deal yet. You know, like to make to get cash back for PlayStation, or just own a piece of it, not really control it or run it anymore. I think it, I I don't think Microsoft wants Xbox anymore. I think that's somewhat clear. I don't know if you guys like read a lot of this a lot of this stuff where it's like it doesn't seem like they're interested in being in console gaming. It's actually like not making them any money at all. Yeah. Um. So there's been talk for a long time for years about how Microsoft wants out. Um, and there have been, there were rumors that Amazon was interested in Xbox and all sorts of things. Like who knows like what, what's true or not. But I, I think Xbox persists and lives on and is successful. I am not convinced that Microsoft is the company that will be running it in 10 years. Um, and then so for PlayStation, PlayStation, I think is more likely to be in the Sony fold, but again, it's not unusual to think that that would spin off as well because margins are low in games. It's not like running a supermarket where your margin's like 4% or something like that, but like you have to make money consistently to run these the, the R&D for new consoles and to f- control these studios and stuff like that. And I don't know if that companies that are so bulbous need the fucking chip damage money that they get from these consoles. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, is it worth it to take significant losses but only gain mo- you know moderate gains when your console is doing well? That's kind of... Like, that might be more suited to a mid-tier company or a smaller company, which is why... You know, I think that maybe there's there is going to be interested parties in some of these consoles. Do I think Nintendo will have a console in ten years? No. Um, you think NX is it for them? And I, I'm not. I think NX is the end of the road, and I don't think NX is a console. I think it's a handle. So, so the, you know, or a hybrid as we've been talking mm-hmm. about for. I hope it's that hybrid, man. Um, but I think I sadly I, Nintendo's flush with money. We've talked about this before. They have a lot of money. They don't have like Apple money or anything. They, they can make mistakes. But there's a lot of people talking that don't really quite understand business where they can make all sorts of mistakes. That $20 billion war chest will disappear like that in a few years. If they don't, if they're not careful, you know, mm-hmm. and they put out another dud like the Wii U, but these um, Amiibos, the, the money, the Amiibos are huge. And, and, but again, that's not a lot of money. I know, you know like I they're know. making a lot of money, but it's not like an elect piece of electronics, like something that is mass marketed, you know, and that's what they need. I think Nintendo would be smart to get into the, and you know, I hate, I, I hate, I hate being that guy because people hate that guy, you know, that says it. And people have been saying it for years. It might be time. For them to start making, considering making games for other consoles, but I think NX is their last attempt to not do that. Mm-hmm. And obviously, their their deal with DNA will will allow them to make mobile games, which is a space they're going to thrive in. And let's not forget their IP is worth a fucking fortune. So, um, and that's where the money is. Yeah. The money's with Mario. The money's not with their hardware. No one, no one. I hate, I hate to be that guy, but their hardware is just no one cares. You know, people care about their games and they tolerate the hardware. You know, you don't hear that a lot from Xbox One and PS4 owners where they're like, I'm tolerating the hardware because I want to play fucking Wolfenstein. No, they're like, the hardware is great. Oh, and it's, they have games to play. With the Wii U, all you hear is like, this thing sucks. You know? But I, I, but Except I, for the people that like it, in which case they think it's awesome. There's, yeah, but you all drank the Kool-Aid. That's your fault. Yeah, mine. I mean, like, you'll wake up like, one day. Every time in, I, in 10 I years, you'll look back and be like, I can't fucking believe I was saying no, that garbage pile that years, doesn't sync controllers for Let's Plays was so fucking good. And all that shit's issues, but in 10 years, I'm still going to be looking back at... the the good games and the good experience. Yeah, you will. The, the games, games are not the yeah, console. But, but even that, yeah, that's that's true. But like, still, like I, when the games are made for the console and stuff, I, I tie it together. I don't. I mean, like, I, I think like the last Nintendo console that I loved, or like, I loved the DS. I thought the DS was ingenious. You know, like the way. 
they integrated those two screens the way that 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 I remember getting a, a DS. I told you guys that my friend Luis from Harvard lent me one before I bought one and I played Mario on a new Super Mario Brothers when I was at when I was at jury duty and uh, like waiting and so I'm like this is insane. You know, I'm like, I can't believe how fucking good this is. Um, and I felt that way about the GameCube, too. Even though the GameCube was a dud, I was like, I fucking love this thing. And I, I look back fondly at the GameCube. I'm like, I love its little discs and its fucking stupid memory it's cards. Handle. And, its, and its handle and its awesome controller and all these things. And I look at Wii and Wii U and I'm like, oh, God. I remember the, I remember the, the games being great. Mario Galaxy, for instance. A mm-hmm. fucking classic. A classic, unrivaled game in many ways. But I don't care about the hardware. And Wii U is even worse. Where I'm like, I can't. Like, we've used the Wii U. And I'm like, I can't believe that this thing even exists in the state. Like, the, like. It's no surprise that no one wants, like, and, and, and I'm not trying to be a dick. It's just, like, it's not a surprise that a lot of people, just, no one's taking this thing because it doesn't work, you know? Like, it's not a revolutionary anymore. Nintendo needs to stop trying to revolutionize hardware and start revolutionizing with their games, and that's their strong point. Mm-hmm. When they started getting too, they started drinking their, talking about Kool-Aid, I feel like they started drinking their own Kool-Aid in a way. Being like, well, you know. We innovated D- with the Wii, so the Wii U has to be another innovation. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's Can we like, innovate the name? No. Just add a U. Everyone will get U. it. And the DS was a revolution, too, and I feel like they just, you know, and then they added 3D to it, and it's like, oh, like, Jesus Christ. Like, just, you could have just called this DS2, and I would have been all over it, you know? Just, they're, they, they're an interesting company. They're the ones that are going to look much different in 10 years. Yeah. I don't know that PlayStation and Xbox as a brand will be too unidentifiable. I think Nintendo might be unidentifiable for better or for worse. They might be even more flush with money. I can't wait to see how much money they make when they actually go with DNA and make yeah. these these fucking mobile games. You know, it's going to be insane how much money they can possibly make. So moving on from that then, what about Apple? Do you think Apple will have a dedicated gaming console? No, I don't. They had one. Uh, but... You know, in the mid '90s, and it didn't work out very well. But that was Pippin. a different. That was a that was a different Apple. Um, yeah, the Pippin. Uh, and that was when they were. That, that was at the same time they were doing like Newton and all these like things that didn't work. But they were kind of ahead of their time. Newton was quite ahead of its time, actually. Um, Newton was a PDA for people that don't know. I remember Newton. Um, but uh, I think that Apple's again. This is a, a question of margins, right? Apple makes tons of money with hardware. Um, but they don't support it natively necessarily with their own software. In other words, they have an IO, they have iOS and that works and it's awesome and I love it. And they have their operating systems for their computers and their tablets, but they don't manufacture the killer app. They kind of let other people do the work and they make money. It's very much like what Steam does on PC. So I think that they look at this and they're like, no, I'm sure that they were thinking about it. Yeah. I'm sure that they might've even made one and had it running you know, and working on stuff. But I don't know that it sees the market. When you hear things about, when you hear about the rumors, the things that Apple's trying to get into, especially cars, which is the fucking craziest thing that you might have heard about Apple with Project Titan, that tells me that they want margins. They want big things that can make lots of money off of. And I don't think that consoles are the big thing that they can make lots of money off of. So I don't, that that to me doesn't, doesn't, I don't know if Greg agrees, but that doesn't resonate. No, I do. Me. I think the time is coming on. I think that was... I remember when that seemed like an imminent thing, that there was controllers. But we've heard this rumor that Apple's doing this. And the fact that they haven't acted on it yet means they're just not going to act on it. You know what I mean? Like, I still think the best case scenario for it, right, is them being like, all right, we see what Google Chrome's doing. So we're going to figure out with the next iPad, iPhone, whatever, iOS, that we have a dongle that we support that you put in your TV's HDMI and whatever you're doing on your tablet gets projected up there or phone, right? Mm-hmm. And then it would be game makers again who are making the products like you're talking about, right, that are doing cool things with it and using it in that sense. And then kind of as a byproduct, Apple's in the console space yeah. where they really aren't. But that what we're describing there is what I hope the NX is. Where I hope it's a great fucking awesome controller I hold and I can take on take with me and play most of the games, some of the games, some part of the games on the go and come back and put on the TV and do all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it'll be it'll be that's the the NX is so fascinating because for the NX to work the way we want it to work, they must technologically revolutionize consoles and the way we play traditional games in ways that the others have not. And you don't expect that out of their R and D today. You know, mm. because they don't make powerful hardware anymore. And the NX better be fucking powerful. You know, like I, I'm so sick of the whole like it does the power doesn't matter. It does matter. But that's the thing right you now know? for what they're doing. Think about it. The power doesn't matter because like you're saying they're not known for powerful hardware, right? Which works out in the fact that every year or every generation, we'll say PlayStation and Xbox get me- meatier and beefier and do more and more, and they need to, like. There's no way to put the Xbox One stuff guts into a, something I can take with me, right, and play the game somewhere else. If Nintendo's, like, going to do the whole thing, we're marching to the beat of an old drummer, I like how the Wii didn't go to HD when the Wii came out. If they do something like that, then maybe there is that chance for parity where it doesn't have to be, okay, you're playing this Zelda RPG on your screen with your NX. Now you're leaving, so Link gets into this thing and goes to a different dungeon. You can only play dungeons on your NX handheld without being connected to the device, right? Mm-hmm. If they boil it down to where it's a not a fucking not blowing your socks off but it's awesome games that can be on your tv can be on the go that'd be interesting i hope that's not the case you might be right but i hope i hope that's not the case and again it's all like conjecture no one has any idea what the fuck that thing even is yeah. or means and when we're gonna see i guess we'll see it next year but i know now it, it won't be out it's next, next. Year, but, but it's it's you know i'm so nintendo frustrates the shit out of me man and, and people that watch the show listen to us know like that because they they they're always so close you know like they're oh like <laughs> That's the thing that bothers me is that they they have some of the best developers in the world, some of the greatest minds in the world, a lot of business sense, um, and they just strike out with the hardware. You know, like they just the, playing the 3ds is is tough for me because I'm just like, why is this so weak? Like, why does it have to be like this? You know, yeah. And I feel bad for their developers because it's like you, you, they certainly want to make games that look better than this and play in a more revolutionary way. And they're not given the tools to do that. And that's really frustrating to me as a, as, as a, what I always say is a lapsed Nintendo fan where it's like, it wasn't always like this. I want, I want the NX to, I want the NX to be so, I, when I see the NX, when it's at E3 next year or whatever, I want it to be fucking awesome. You know, I don't want it to be confusing. Remember the Wii rollout, how yeah. nonsensical that was when everyone was like, is it a console? What or is, is it this? Just a game is it a yeah. controller? Is it an add on to the Wii? They, I hope they're learning. I think they're learning. Um, I don't think that Zelda's delay, for instance, has anything to do with NX. I think that a lot of people think that like it's because it's going to be a crossover. I don't think that's true. Maybe I'm wrong. I think that that will be a Wii U game. It will be the Wii U's last hurrah. Yeah. I want them to start fresh with a new foundation and a new, and a new set of engines and give their developers something to be excited about. Give third parties something to be excited about. They must have third-party support. I don't care if people think it matters or not. When they didn't have third-party support, their consoles started to fail. And when they had third-party support, their consoles didn't fail. NES, SNES, and Wii all sold through the roof. It's because they all had plenty of third-party support. And 64, GameCube, and Wii U don't have third-party support and do not sell. You know, there's 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 an, a direct relation to, to those two things. It's undeniable. You know, so there's all these things that matter. And if you want your games that be cross-pollinated with the consoles that exist now, you must make a powerful piece of hardware. So is there anyone else that has a console? Amazon or someone like Activision or something like that? I think Amazon's imminent. I'm, I'm, curious, what, I'm curious what they're going to do. Amazon has a game studio no one knows what they're working on they hired a fucking shit ton of people from other other places and paid them a lot of money and i i don't know what they're doing i don't know if, if amazon's going to publish games i don't know if amazon's going to release a console i don't know what i don't i don't think amazon might release a console because they did try to release their phone and stuff like that um, they will for sure 
I th- I, they they seem bullish enough on all that, and they're they're still building to that point where it feels like Apple built past it. You know what yeah, I mean? That makes sense. Amazon, I feel still still has that chip on their shoulder. They want to be in that market space. Yeah, people have been awfully quiet, and rightfully so, because they're probably under NDA about mm. what is going on over at Amazon. But but I feel like it's just going to go the way not as disastrously, but more of an ooya. Mm-hmm. Like it's this thing that comes out, and like oh, interesting, kind of like Amazon fires. They're just like oh, that's interesting, but like cool. Yeah. I don't need that. Do anything for the market? Yeah. Do you think any third party though, like Activision or something? No, could, no. There's no, no way. Over with. There's no way. Uh, hard, there's no money in hardware. Like that's that's the point I'm trying to make is that for these mega corporations that look at the bottom line, making five percent of your money back is might not be good enough. I'm I, I and that's where I get kind of the the whole Xbox vibe where I'm like I think that they want to spin Xbox off. And those rumors again have been circulating. People can read and Google about that. Those have been circulating for a long time. Um. Oh, Northeastern's calling me, asking me for money, probably. Um, and uh, you know, so I don't think I don't think the console space is a savory place that you want to be necessarily if you're not already there. Because also carving out your niche and like carving out your name means something. Remember that when Xbox is introduced in 2001, that it was nothing. No one cared. You know, um, it ended up edging out GameCube, but it was quite a fight. And meanwhile, PlayStation Two just put them both away. It's because PlayStation had time to establish itself. Just like when you know PS One came out, it came out at a time where in, in, in the in between space where there wasn't any competition, something Sega tried to replicate with the Dreamcast and it didn't work. Um, so it's not wise to enter this space unless you have all of your ducks in a row, and that means having a dozen plus developers. Mm-hmm. That means like having your own IP. That means having exclusive deals with established third parties. And I hate to tell you, it's like an old boys club, man. It's it's Sega you know died and then you know or they're alive but they died as a console yeah. you know manufacturer and it was just up to these three other guys and they have all their entrenched interests and their entrenched relationships and it's gonna be hard to break into that stuff and that's those are the things that really matter unless you were gonna put billions of dollars behind your marketing and all of that kind of stuff and like getting your games out and giving people great deals and stuff there's no room for anyone else and i don't think you want more people in, involved in the hardware manufacturing that's the least important thing it's who's making the good games and when it's back to you know the ukulele topic with platonic where it's like they're making the game yeah. mm-hmm. they're making it for everything i mean if you talk yeah. about it right i'm sure third party and the publishers you're asking if they're going to get in the console market i bet they want it all to fall away they want it to get to just being a pc thing or whatever yeah. one unified one, platform so everyone yeah. can, they can focus on one skew and not jump through all these hoops to make it work and do all these different things yeah god that'd be so 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 awesome all right what guys. is Oh, Monopolies yeah. never end well, do they? It's not going to happen anyway. I would love it. The unified console thing is t- tough, just because it's it means that the uh, two of the three must die. Yeah, basically, like for for them to go away or just bow out gracefully. And 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 Sony and Microsoft are not going to bow. out That's gracefully. not happening. So like, th- I just think there's too much bravado. Mm-hmm. And I mean, rightfully I, so. I think Nintendo is the one that's that's going to maybe, and it's not going to be a Nintendo pride thing either. It's going to be Nintendo like looking at the bottom line, and being like, man. We got a bang. We can make a lot of money just making these fucking games and and partnering with again. And I've said it before. Like I think they partner with Microsoft. I don't think they partner with Sony. And saying like you know because of the bad blood going back to CS and all that kind of stuff in the early nineties. Like wow. Like we can just fuck the hardware and make mm-hmm. Mario for Xbox. Well, yeah. so that's the thing though. You're saying the two of them need to die in order for there to just be one. Do you think that Nintendo exclusively making their games for Sony or for Microsoft is enough to kill the other one? I think it's a. I don't. I don't think it will kill them. It's that's that would be a revolutionary thing. That would be like one of the craziest things that had ever happened in games in the world. Like, the, like if Nintendo, if Nintendo went third party, that would be crazy. And if they were like, we're going to make PlayStation and Xbox games, and they're just going to, we're going to release on. If they were like, we have a ten year partnership with Xbox, that would. I, I couldn't even think of news bigger than that. Yeah. In the gaming space, like that would be insane, and Sony would be in very bad shape. Mm-hmm. You know, not. They would sell and they'd have their hardcore fan base, but you suddenly 
you know, the, the numbers the, the, stopped getting so big. The console that people bought just to play those games suddenly all go to this other place. You know, that's it's like a dream. It's a it's it, it's so funny because it used to be kind of talked about very quietly in like 2008, 2009, 2010. Like oh, maybe Nintendo should just stop. Yeah, you know. And now it's being talked about louder, and now people are getting more excited about it. You know, and now people are like saying it with gusto and. You know, maybe it'll happen. I don't know. Yeah. What's interesting Kevin is- just texted me. He said NX, Nintendo Xbox. Oh. If Kevin's right, everybody, remember this episode. <laughs> now, it's, it's funny, though. Like You talk about two of the three failing. I always thought it, it would be the three failing. Like, I thought Steam had the right idea. And if I think Steam Box could have been their first step towards putting everyone out of business. And it wasn't because they overcomplicated it. Well, they don't want to make hardware. Right. Exactly. So them. here's 14 versions of a Steam box. I'm like, well, no, fuck. That's not what people wanted. I don't they, blame them. Though. They need an easy solution. Well, I'm just saying what could have happened. They, that could have been the unified platform. If you would have done it this time, put it in down, gotten people behind it, and then slowly built on it so the third generation is accessible and easy and everyone can understand it. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, Steam was the only one that could have disrupted. I, and again, I hate that Silicon Valley fucking term, but they, they could have disrupted the entire industry with a, a unified like a one platform that was made by Steam for Steam yeah but they're 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 wary even with all their money of getting into the hardware business that tells you all you need to know mm-hmm. about how complicated it is Steam had the most to gain and were probably almost guaranteed success and people who are and entrenched st- in gaming yeah and mm-hmm. they still didn't want to do it yeah so I mean that and, and it has people like NVIDIA like jumping all over it that like will never break in so it's yeah. it's which is like what well, everyone's like, oh, well, the shield or anything. It's like, no, like, don't you understand how complicated it is to get into this fucking industry, you know, and like make a console and get people to give a shit about it and, and create legacy. I was and, holding out for Mad Cats, man. Oh, Mad, Mad Cats. Cats. They're always a step. Well, they're, they're publishing. They're I mean, Mad Cats is Mad, say we will. They're 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 evolving as a company. You know, they're, they're evolving into Mad Tigers. Damn. All right, guys. Final topic for the day, as always, comes from the users. If you have a topic, tweet me at Tim Gettys. Like the Ghost Six did, with Inafune's Mighty Number no. Nine and Igarashi's Castlevania successor, do you guys see Kojima making an indie Metal Gear follow-up? Yeah, I Good can see Lord, that. Lord, I would. Love I can that. see going either way, where he does that, or he just does something completely totally fucking different. crazy with robots. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and either way, I mean, I, I'm in. Yeah. But the idea of a fresh start on the ideas of Metal Gear and what made Metal Gear good. Right, right. But in 2015 or 2016, 2018, whatever the fuck, holy shit. That yeah. sounds so good. To yeah, me. wipe away all the story that keeps so many people away yep. from it. You know what I mean? And bring it in. Like, and all right, we're starting fresh. You're this guy. You're a super soldier. Let's have mm-hmm. some stealth gameplay. But like, there's there's still like, not the codec, but something like the codec. And there's not the, you know, like the, the Metal Gears, but there's something like the Metal Gears. I would love that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, I don't think Inafune, Inafune and Igarashi are different than Kojima because they made they've all started all of them started making games around the same time in the mid 80s but they and they're all basically peers but Inafune and Igarashi had to go in a different route because their stuff became more niche and like their their what they were doing became more suspect in terms of a money making proposition which is why they had to go to Kickstarter um, or presumably I mean that's the rumor about Igarashi who the fuck knows what he's going to do but Inafune went to Kickstarter with a lot of success Kojima is going to go to a triple A publisher. Like I, 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 I feel it, you know, like I know it. Where like, do you feel it? In my balls. Thank I feel you. it in my balls. Like good, good, good. Kojima, I've said it before. I said it on my video. I said it on other things like Kojima can do whatever he wants. It's different. You know, like Kojima is a name and I'm not, I love Inafune more than I love 
Kojima by far, but Inafune isn't a household name with gamers. Kojima is, as someone wrote, I don't remember who was saying, like, he's like the only guy that still puts his name on his games, like Kojima presents. You know, Inafune doesn't do that, you know, and uh, he's going to have such great opportunities that Inafune and um, Igarashi weren't provided, especially because he already has deep connections to the Western publishing world that you know, Kojima's going to land at EA or Activision or something like that. I'm going to be really, I'm going to be really shocked if he doesn't land at one of these big publishers. But say he does that, does he make a Metal Gear clone? Maybe. I hope not. I, I think that I don't know that he wants to do that. And people forget that he made other games, so it's not yeah. like that's all he can make. I mean, he made Zone of the Enders and stuff too. So it's, you know, he has other ideas. He wants to do other things. He's always in, he's always talked about an eagerness to not make Metal Gear. Mm-hmm. And you often have to wonder if he really even wants to make these fucking games, you know, or if it's just like he has contracts and he, he has bills to pay and they're yeah. paying him lots of money. At some point, if you're Kojima and they're paying you two million dollars a year, whatever the fuck he makes, I'm sure he makes I'm sure he makes a lot of money. That which is probably the part of the reason Konami need to get rid of him. Um, eventually, you're gonna be like, fine, like fine. You know, I can make five hundred thousand dollars a year making what I want, or I can make two and a half million dollars a year, and I'm just throwing these numbers out. But two and a half million dollars a year and just making another Metal Gear game and makes my life easier in the long run. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's pent up with fucking ideas, and <laughs> I'm sure the conversation is already happening. Like that's that's the crazy thing, and like you, it, you wish you knew like who was talking to him and the people that are you know. You can imagine a company like Activision sending a whole group of people out to Tokyo to talk to him. You can imagine EA courting him eagerly, saying like, I'll, "We'll give you a fucking studio. We'll yeah. make a studio." Do you think there's yeah. any chance? Of an announcement at E3. No. I think that this game has to come out first. Exactly. That's for sure the contract he has, is that it comes out and then they finish even... It'll come out and then it'll still be like three months, four mm-hmm. months, like with DLC and what's happening on Metal Gear Online. Like, there's there's definitely a gag order in terms of like, what they're paying him through something gotcha. for sure. Yeah. Alright. Do the new consoles have a killer app yet? Is the killer app still relevant? Asks Tylker Nope. T y l k e r. Sure. No, the killer. None of them have killer apps, and no killer apps are not are, are not uh, necessary anymore. Mm-hmm. The, the the evidence is in the numbers. I mean, it's, yep. that, it's that easy. You know, like yeah. it, the evidence is in the numbers. Yeah. What do you tell your friend to buy on PlayStation Four? Right. Like we can name a laundry list of games, and I know Rezo Guns at the top for Colin, but it's not necessarily like you have to buy the PlayStation Four to play X, Mario sixty four, right? Mario World. Yeah. You know all that Sonic. Stuff. Yeah, Toe Jam and Earl. I mean, imagine. Comic Zone. I mean, think about this: like GameCube and Xbox, the original Xbox, both had killer apps immediately, and you know, ha- like Halo, Halo was out in Smash. Smash. Oh, so okay, yeah. so you know, and I think GameCube actually Xbox. I don't intimately know as well. I had an Xbox later, um, 2003. I got my Xbox, but I had my GameCube at launch. And what I always marveled at with the GameCube and why I loved it so much was that it got better and better and better. By 2005, the GameCube was fucking extraordinary. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. because no one bought it anyway. Mm-hmm. They were dropping the price like extraordinarily. GameCube really struggled as, as we all know and remember. And Xbox had its similar struggles. And ultimately, GameCube settled around 22 million and Xbox settled around 24 million. Well, in 16 months, PlayStation 4 has already outsold the GameCube mm-hmm. lifetime, which is fucking insane. And it has no Smash Brothers and it has no Super Mario Sunshine and it has no Beautiful Joe and no Resident Evil 4 and none of these games at all. Not even anything close. Right. Yeah. And that's like and that's right. like the cra- that's the craziest thing is that it's well on its way in a month or two it's going to outsell Xbox and then it's going to go like keep going and it's like why? And so we don't know the answer to that. All we know is we can infer from that that the killer app doesn't matter because Killzone Shadowfall and Resogun and Second Son and all these games, The Order and Bloodborne, they're not the killer apps. They that, might be good games, but they're not the killer apps. Is this just another example of us? Of uh, like We've experienced so many generations of consoles and seeing that the killer app hasn't been around for a while. 
Like, you bought your PlayStation 2 because of DVDs, and it made sense that you had a PS2 when Grand Theft Auto 3 came out and Metal Gear Solid 2 came out. Those were your games where you're like, holy fuck I mean, I think those shit. were the killer apps, though. But, the, I mean, that was a year later, Tim. That's what I'm saying. It's like, like But, you, I mean, I don't think the killer app ne- needs to be a launch thing, though. Like, it, it happened to have been that way for a lot of the consoles. But I do think that Metal Gear Solid 2 and specifically Grand Theft Auto 3 were killer apps mm-hmm. for PS2. Sure. You know, and then, like, it's funny that you say Smash Bros. Because I, I didn't even really think of that as a killer app. People fucking love that. That's one of the, I, yeah, I yeah. know that. But, like, um, Halo definitely was, like, that thing. But I think that it was last generation that didn't really have that game. And I don't think it ever got that game. Right? Yeah, I mean, you could, like, it's funny because it, killer app is an old term. Killer app is an old computing term from before we were even born. About the things that you needed... Um, applications. It wasn't even games. Killer app doesn't even mean game. It's killer application. The thing that the thing that you could like spreadsheets and shit like that were like IBM PCs killer app in like 1982. You know that's why people sold like bought them. Is all oh, I can do like math and like compute and do like real computing on this kind of thing. Today, like there's such a spectrum of things that we can do with these consoles that I think that and such a spectrum of games available on these consoles. If you ever go to PlayStation Blogger Major Nelson and you look at the, the just the games that are coming out every week, it's like. The killer app mentality has been replaced by the volume mentality. And and there's a volume of... There might not be... PlayStation 4 might not have... I think Resogun's a fantastic game, but it might not have The Last of Us in terms of its masterpiece. It's not PS4, but it's not a native game to PS4. But it necessarily doesn't mean that, need that because PS4 already has a shit ton of good games. And I think that, that, that people are excited about that. I think people are understanding more and more yeah. that the indie culture, the, the 10 to $20 game culture is what's going to drive these consoles and the things like Bloodborne that come out or when Uncharted 4 comes out or whatever, these are like the supplemental like tent poles that are really important, but the clearly the consoles are not selling because of them. It's something that people have to wrap their heads around because it's very unintuitive. It doesn't make any sense. You know, like and Titanfall is a good example with Xbox One. Like when Titanfall came out that month, PS4 still outsold Xbox One. It didn't make any sense. And then you could read into it and be like, well, maybe people bought Xbox One earlier because they were anticipating Titanfall. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's possible. Maybe that's the truth, but you would expect I, I, I suspect we'll see something similar when Uncharted 4 comes out, where Uncharted 4 comes out whenever the fuck it comes out in 2016, and people are like, oh, well, there wasn't a huge spike in PS4s, and it's like, because people are just buying them so anyway. So many people already have this anticipation. You know, I think people just just want them. This whole console cycle, the end of the Xbox 360 and PS3 cycle, and then the Wii U kind of bombing, and then PS4 and Xbox One coming out, swinging and doing really well, all of it's unintuitive. None of it makes any sense. Mm. Like that, through the conventional way we look at it. Wii U should have been a huge success based on Wii, but no one cared. Right, like 360 and PS3 just fell off a cliff. People forget that the console sales looked so impressive when PS4 and 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 Xbox One came out by percentage because PS3 and Xbox 360 sales were so soft. You know, so that was like a comparison, and we didn't expect that because a lot of good games were coming out at the end of the console cycle. Now we have really no AAA exclusives that really matter. You know, and I don't mean that in a disparaging way. It's just that there's nothing there. Like on PS4, I you know I don't know if Xbox Ones feel differently, but I'm not looking at Bloodborne and being like I don't think Blood I think Bloodborne's a great game. Bloodborne's not a game that bro guy walks into a store he doesn't really know much about games or whatever and he sees blood I don't give a fuck he didn't yeah. see a cool ad on TV and then go mm-hmm. buy it so like it's just it's it's so that's why the industry is so fascinating right now is because none of it makes any sense it's so <laughs> it's so weird you know yeah, like, what's no, going it's on really that's why the last question was so interesting that you asked her a couple questions ago about like what the console space looks like or what games look like who the fuck even knows at this point it's all unpredictable not even guys that are really well respected like Pact or any of these guys can possibly tell you what's gonna happen like mm-hmm. it's it's a wild space out there, man. That's what makes it so unpredictable, and that's what makes it so fun. Yeah. More saying wants to know how come no one's talking about Armored Core? Because no one likes Armored Core. Armored Core isn't as popular as you think it is. 
as somebody had to review those games, no. <laughs> I feel like it's one of those weird games. What are your thoughts on Armored Core? It's not for me. I mean, Armored Core is this thing that always existed over there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But it's weird, yep. though, yeah, because like, it's, like, uh, it's such a weird thing, but like the people that like it really love it. like the it. The people who lo- <laughs> like it fucking love it. And yeah. I, keep, I get tweets almost every time. I'm like, hey, what do you guys want us to talk about? Is games? it just more science every it's time? It's not. No, no, no. There's a bunch. Of, I've made notes. There's multiple people. It might be just him with a bunch of different accounts. <laughs> But it's just like, it's crazy that there's definitely some Armored Core fans that are, like, wondering why it's not being talked about. And, like, that's a interesting thing to me that, like, you know, as game sites like IGN, GameSpot, and whatever, just try to stay relevant, more and more just talking about mainstream games and not so much yeah. focusing on the yeah. Armored Cores and stuff. It's like, I don't know, who is going to talk about Armored Core? Exactly, yeah. There's <laughs> fan sites and there's message boards and they're the communities you go to and the podcasts you go to that are all about Armored Core. And, like, that's a great example of, like, how you have to try to make it work, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's a very – if the people putting out Armored Core are setting their expectations right, they can be an atlas. They can be a company who's like, we don't have to sell that many copies of this, you know, niche RPG or whatever, JRPG. But if they're trying to go out there and be in the middle tier that, mm-hmm. you know, that I mean, THQ space, they're in trouble. You have to set your expectations. Yeah. Fans are there for it, sure. But, like, yeah, that's a great – I had not thought of Armored Core in fucking years until you just said that. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, are they still making them? Of course they are. Sure. Is there yeah. three coming out this year? Probably. That's just how those fucking things work. All right. Last question for today. It goes back to the future topic. Jack Daniels 524 says, nope. Daniels Salas says, with smartphones around, will handheld consoles die out? We didn't really touch on handhelds too much. Will there be handheld consoles in 10 to 15 years? No. Yeah, that's it's one of those loaded questions. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a middling one that doesn't do anything well, but I, I mean... Theoretically, no, there shouldn't be. Yeah, I don't see, and it, I guess it depends on what what this NX is. If it's like what we're talking about, if that counts as a handheld or how mm-hmm. it goes. But yeah, you figure. I still think, and I know Colin always says PlayStation's crazy enough to do it. I got to imagine the Vita's over. I got to imagine they vacate the handheld space here. You know what I mean? Just with their current commitment level to it and how it's mm-hmm. all been going, and how even off PSP. The tailspin, the seven-year tailspin, but like, yeah, Nintendo and the DS, even like they've now got this other partnership, right? They are getting their games on mobile devices. Like, and again, I still see them leaving hardware as well. So then, are we counting like the Nvidia Shield? There's always, no. I feel like there's always going to be a peripheral. There's always going to be someone doing, doing stuff, but like, it's not going to be a thing in the industry that people are talking about. Sure, you know, like I guess when I think about it, it's like, is IGN going to have a tab for that channel? You know what I mean? Like, is it going to when you go to the front page, are you going to see? the whatever the hell it is sure 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 you know and i don't think so i think it's just gonna be phones yeah i don't think you know i was saying before phones and tablets you know people were talking a lot and prognosticating a lot about you know how they would affect console gaming or just gaming generally it didn't right like the the effect wasn't there the effect was there in a more microscopic way on handhelds clearly and demonstrably so like the ds was when was, 150 million plus sold, right? 3DS, nowhere near that. PSP, 80 million sold. Vita, not even close. You know, like, it's it's just clear as day. Like, it's 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 obvious. And the games are better, and the consoles are, and the handhelds are better, and, and it's more enticing, you do more with them, but people don't care. Mm-hmm. And I think that is because of the phone. And I don't necessarily think it's even because of games or people playing games on the phone. I think it's just, like, people are like, I'm entertained now. Yeah, I already got Twitter, something. and I'm just gonna... I'm, so I'm not entirely convinced that, like, there's a one-to-one thing where it's like, I don't own Vita, I don't own 3DS, I play games on my phone. I think it's more, I don't own 3DS, I don't own Vita, I have a phone, and I fuck around with it. Yeah, I look at you my know? mail, I look at my Twitter, I yeah. look at my Instagram. Like, I don't need this other thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I think that while console gaming is stronger than 
people expected it to be. Arguably, you might even say stronger than ever in terms of the early sales of PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Who knows how it tails out at that point? We don't know. Um, the handheld space is dying. Um, it's obvious. And I think I think Sony's... Yeah, I've said Sony's crazy enough to do another Vita. I think they still might be crazy enough to do it. I think they've probably mocked one up and have R&D going on it. Or maybe they just pulled the plug on it. I don't think it ever sees the light of day. I think Nintendo's the only one left that can really do it. And the NX will be probably that. Mm-hmm. But it'll be something unusual, you know? I'm very excited for that. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the first ever episode 19 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. Tweet me, at Tim Gettys, your topics that you want us to discuss on the show next week. And until then, I love you.